What's up, y'all? Welcome back to another installment of the one-on-one series with Gabe. Today, I have a very special guest. I have Pepperdine guard Robbie Heath here with me. How are you today, sir? I'm good, thanks for having me. No problem, no problem. Thanks for uh, agreeing to join. You know, shout out to Sam for setting this little thing up. Yeah, yeah, Sam, best best manager in the nation. Yeah. So, um, you are last year at Westchester before you transferred. You were the PSAC East Rookie of the Year, all PSAC first team, all that scoring records, everything like that, bro. Like, that's that's a great season. Like, you know, I was obviously I go to Westchester, so you know I followed it a little bit and everything like that. And I just think it's crazy to see like somebody in your own backyard, like putting in that kind of work on the court, man. Yeah. But like sure. definitely great player, man, for sure. For so sure. um let's let's get into it. Um so just tell the people a little bit about who you are, who may not know. Uh, yeah, so obviously my name is Robbie Heath. Uh I have a little accent because I'm from a little country town right outside of Melbourne, Australia. Uh obviously, yeah, like you said, I went to Westchester, but before Westchester, I went to high school at Abington Senior High. And uh, I moved over from Australia uh, in 2013. Right, right. So tell us a little bit about, like, kind of growing up in Australia and what it's like and everything like that. Yeah, so like I said, I'm from a little country town, so nothing's, nothing's going on like it is in America. Uh, I had one basketball court down the street, uh, the local high school, and um, I didn't really grow up with people to play with. It was only me and my dad that pushed me, um, and my godfather, Damon Larry, that pushed me. And um, growing up, uh, I was cut from a lot of teams. Uh, I was sitting on the bench on a lot of teams. And then after one game, my mum got sick of it, and she knew I wanted to be a basketball player. So uh, she told my dad to take me over to America to pursue my basketball career. Right. So it it sounds a lot like, you know, your family had a big role in your life and your upbringing. So tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, um, I'm very grateful to have the family I have. I mean, my mom, my two sisters, my dad. I mean, we obviously still keep in touch with my mother and sisters every day. But um, I mean, if it wasn't for them, I wouldn't be the person I am. I wouldn't be the determined and strong-willed person I am because I've got knocked down a lot of times. Like I said, I've been cut a lot of times. And they gave me the blessing to come over here. I mean, if my mom didn't believe in me or anything like that, she, I would have just been playing local basketball in Australia and none of this would have happened. So I'm very grateful I have the support, supporting cast that I have in my life. So you said you moved over to the U.S. in 2013. Yeah. yeah. So were you a high school student by then or were you about to start high school? Yeah, I was going, I was going into eighth grade. So the summer of 2013, so going into like 2013-14 year, right. I was going into eighth grade. So tell me about like being 13, 14 years old, you know, you know one way of life pretty much from the time you're born to the time you grow up, right? And, you know, you move to a whole different country. Yeah. So tell so, me about that. Yeah, so um, obviously I knew at a young age like, I better not mess this up. You know what I mean? My family yeah. put a lot of money into this, you know what I mean? So uh, they obviously believe in me, but it was obviously hard from the get-go. I mean, I've never been away from my family. So being away from my mum, my two sisters, they're, they're like my best friends. So especially being away from my best friends, uh, Lee and Brian and stuff like that, like 
Um, it's obviously a culture shock and I had to adapt quickly. Uh, I remember the first day of school, um, I didn't know what the Pledge of Allegiance was. I was like, why is everyone standing up? You know what I mean? But yeah. like, and all the slang and stuff like that. But I mean, I knew I had one goal in mind and that's to like make it further in basketball. So I knew at a very young age, I better not mess this up. Or I, I always say to my dad, I never want to work in nine to five. So I knew at a For very sure. young age, I knew at a very young age that like all they uh, put a lot of trust in me and a lot of, um, it's basically for me, I was like, I better not mess this up. And I knew that at a young age. Yeah, for sure. So obviously since you've been here, you know, and especially this year more than ever, there's been like a lot of unrest civilly, you know what I'm saying? Like a lot of, a lot of things going on with race relations in the U S and you know, that's here, but can you tell me a little bit if, if that's like a thing in Australia too, you know what I mean? My sister's, uh, well, my younger sister, my, ch- my older sister, she's very, um, she's very loud on social media talking about the experiences she had and um, calling out the racist people she has, uh, like that she knows and stuff like that. So uh, we're obviously really, um, we're really into it. You know I mean? Obviously all, all uh, people that have been discriminated against should be um, really paying attention to what's going on. Cause not, not many of us were educated like that much, you know what I mean? Especially mm-hmm. the younger generation. So my sister's, I like to say very educated. They we talk about it every day. But in Australia, um, there's a lot of racism. Obviously, I mean, me and my sisters, we were the only black people in the area, so we basically were born into racism. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. So uh, they're very. Uh, they were into the marches and stuff like that. It was there was a huge march um, a couple months ago when my younger sister went. And she was very emotional because there was a lot of people that were supporting like Black Lives Matter and stuff like that. So, I mean, yeah. all around the world, uh, there's racism and just, it's just a bad thing, but we just have to overcome it and just be- become smarter and educate people. Yeah, for sure. That's that's definitely an important thing. You know what I mean? Like, you know, it's it's only like 40 minutes a night where you on the court and everything like that, but you know, yeah. you leave for sure and you got to be aware of everything. So one of, one of the first... Yeah, well, sorry, but one oh of no, first, I'm just saying. Yeah. Go ahead, go ahead. Uh, one of the first things my uh, coach now, Coach Romar, said was to for us players that we should use our platform to like educate the people and t- tell them about our past experiences and that. And that's what I did. Um, I did an Instagram post and a Facebook post uh, talking about the experiences I've been discriminated against, and I've called out my friends, well, my friends or people I know now, um, and if you don't have my back then and the rest of my uh friends back and stuff like that uh if you don't believe what like i believe if you're white you know what i mean like you can't tell me certain stuff about race and stuff when you're white and you've never experienced it so if you don't have my back then i don't want to talk to you (laughs) you know what i mean Exactly, exactly i'll educate you and if you if you then say i'm sorry robbie or i'm sorry whoever i uh, I know now, like, I, I will never understand, but I will stand by you. I, I respect that. But yeah. if you if you think I'm wrong, then I can't talk to you. Yeah, I, I just feel as though, like, you can't really argue racism. And if you, like, tolerate it, then, like, you still, you know, you're still part of the problem. <laughs> exactly. If you don't call people out, you're part of the problem. 
Yeah. So moving on, like, so you move to the U.S. Obviously, you get to high school. You go to Abington, and Abington, from what I know, has always pretty much had stacked teams. So can you tell me a little bit about like you know getting to high school and, and high school basketball? Yeah. So uh, obviously, I wasn't promised anything. So I went to Abington and I had to try out and stuff like that. Uh, but I was at Abington freshman year. I was playing behind Matt Pinnacle and Amir Hinton. Matt Pinnacle obviously went to Westchester also. And uh, we had a pretty good team. We won our first district championship since, like, my dad played in the 80s. So that was pretty cool. And then uh, three years after that, I played with Eric Dixon and Lucas Monroe. Eric goes to Villanova and Lucas goes to Penn. And we kind of created a... I wouldn't say super team, but we created a pretty good team. Uh, we won three district championships. Unfortunately, we never won state championships, but playing along those guys, it was very, very cool. And I got better every day. But um, I'd like to say if I didn't go to Abington, I don't think we'd win any district championships. But that's, that's just <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, for sure. You got to have that confidence in yourself. So, you know, you graduated what year? Uh, 2018. So you graduated in 2018. And, you know, Typically, junior, senior year is when, like, the, the recruiting process starts for most people. So tell, tell me a little bit about, like, what you went through in recruiting and, and your process and how you ended up at Westchester. Yeah, so my recruiting was uh, non-existent in high school, I'd like to say. Uh, at the My senior year, I had Drexel and Hartford. They were talking, but they didn't really offer. I uh, committed to UC Riverside, but to make a long story short, the coach lied to me. So then I had to, uh, the next year I had to go to prep school. And after prep school, uh, I only had one offer and that was from Westchester. So I'm thankful for Westchester for, you know, seeing the talent. And uh, then, you know, the rest is history. That's how I went to Westchester. So what was your biggest adjustment going from high school to prep school and now, you know, being at college, playing on the Division Two level, which you know, it's clearly not D1, but, you know, it's still, like, hella talent at the D2 level. Yeah, PSAC's one of the best uh, D2 conferences. But going from high school to prep school, I mean, prep school, you you get in your head a lot. I mean, I'm a very confident dude, but uh, when you can, when you always play well or you play some good good stretches of games and then you might have a bad game or something, like, oh, why, why haven't I gotten any offers yet? My teammates have gotten offers, but why haven't I gotten any offers yet? And uh, that, that was my mindset throughout the whole year. And uh, I like to say, like, I could have went into Westchester, or oh, I didn't go D1, like, oh, stuff. I was just being an average player. I was just average 10 to 15 a game and just, like, be, be a pretty good player and stuff like that. But that's not the mindset I had going into Westchester. I mean, I had lofty goals. Uh, I wanted to be an All-American, want to be player of the year, stuff like that. And... Um, you know, that's the mindset I went in with Westchester. But the adjustments, I mean, uh, the practices are definitely harder and coach play was very intense. But, I mean, I can adjust really easily, I'd like to think. Yeah, so, you know, as you said, you had goals. So, the season you had, I'm, you kind of expected that, right? Yeah. I mean, uh, I, was, I wasn't shocked because I knew they were going to give it to uh, the ball from Shippensburg, the – uh, you know, the MVP, the player of the year. So yeah. uh, he had a good season, but it wasn't as good as mine. But, I mean, I like to think it's because I entered my name in the transfer 
Poyle a bit early. Uh, yeah. they, they gave it to him, but uh, he's a good player. But I just feel like the I did I made enough noise and got got enough attention. That was my that was my goal to um, you know make put my name out there, and I think I did that. Right. So you had a fifty point game against Bloomsburg. You you was clearly hot. You know what I mean. Um, that doesn't happen often. So can you tell me like about that that game? Take me through it. Like what was going through your mind? I mean, at the start, first couple minutes, I I got the ball, I pulled up from from pretty deep, and then shot an air ball. But I don't really care when I miss a shot because I just have that confidence that it's, my next one's going in. But then the Bloomsburg bench started chirping, and I like that. That's I think that's a part of basketball, the trash talk. So when they started chirping, it got me fired up, and they hit my next couple shots, and then got to the free throw line, and I got into a little groove. I mean, I finished the game. Uh, 12 for 26, which is right under 50%. But I feel like I didn't really uh, shoot that well, to be honest, like as in like for a 50-point game, you know what I mean? Like looking back at the game, I've watched it a couple of times and uh, I'm obviously critiquing my every move. And I, f- I feel like I could have got 70 that game. But I mean, 50 points was is obviously a huge milestone and I'm grateful yeah. my teammates, you know, let me go. And uh, obviously the biggest thing is that we won that game. So, and we got in a little... You know, a little hot streak at the end of the year, which we needed. For sure. So, you know, obviously after the season ended, you know, you decided to put your name in the transfer portal. So before we kind of talk about that, um, I wanted to ask you, uh, do you feel as if you wanted to use Westchester as kind of a stepping stone to, you know, get your name out there so you can get to a bigger school? Um, no, because as I said, Westchester is the only school that uh, offered me. I mean, people may think differently, but going into Westchester wasn't like, oh, I, w- I want to get out of Westchester. The first thing is I want to win a national championship. You know what I mean? So uh, what, goes, what goes with playing well is that people obviously get the attention. And I've heard throughout my whole high school, well, he's a Division One player, blah, blah, blah. Well, why haven't I got any Division One scholarship? You know what I mean? So yeah. going into Westchester, I just wanted to win. Um, obviously, I was focused on individual things like, all American and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, I'm in, in getting more successful and getting more recognition, you have to win. So um, winning was the biggest part of me, but I didn't go into Westchester thinking, all right, yeah, I'm going to play well this year and then leave. I mean, no one was expecting me to play like that. Only the close ones that really understand how hard I put the work in uh, knew it was going to happen. And I'm, you know, just proof is in the pudding, to be honest. Right. So kind of talk about your decision to transfer and, you know, what what kind of got you there. Also, you know, take us through the process of the portal. You know what I mean? Yeah. So after we lost to East Strasburg, I felt like, I mean, to be honest, I, I did enough at Westchester where I'm like, all right, I'm comfortable. Well, I'm never comfortable. I'm just saying like at Westchester, I don't think I could have accomplished anything better statistically um, and I feel like I always want to play against uh, the best competition so I feel like me transferring will get my name out there and stuff like that so the portal um, obviously entering, entering my name in the portal as soon as I did I got a lot of phone calls and stuff like that which was very cool finally getting the recognition I thought I deserve and a lot of, it's just a lot of college coaches but uh, calling me and like asking uh, calling uh, Coach Blair, calling my high school co- coach, calling my dad, calling my 
mom calling uh, my godfather. They're just seeing what type of person I am and what kind of mindset I have and stuff like that. I had some great conversations. I also had some pretty bad conversations, but I was always up to talk. I mean, I didn't really pay attention to schools that would text me first. I always wanted to have a conversation, but the biggest thing was consistency. And obviously Pepperdine was the most consistent school. And uh, that's why I chose them. So when you, when you decided that, you know, you were going to put your name in the portal and everything like that, where you kind of faced with like some hurdles, you know, did people kind of hate on you or anything like that? Uh, well, obviously there's people that's going to say, well, he can't do what he did at Westchester at the D1 level. I'm like, why can't I? All basketball is, is about making shots. And I mean, it doesn't matter who's in my way. I, I like to think I can make shots, you know, maybe now there's going to be taller big men, but, that's when, where the floater comes into play. Maybe you can't always get to the basket. You have to do the pull-up jump shot. But people with that mindset really are, um, I don't really have time for them because they're just uh, hateful people. And I just, they just don't know. I just like to put the work in, to be honest. But I, I, I heard it all and I'll continue here. But it's fuel to the fire. I mean, if I listen to that, I would probably be back in Australia playing like third division. So I just, I'm just right. going to keep on getting higher and higher and just working harder. Yeah, so, you know, to speak to that, you know, when I was doing my research on you, obviously I got to prepare for an interview or whatever. So I found an article where Coach Blair from Westchester, he said he's probably going to have – he's probably not going to have that kind of legacy at Pepperdine. And if he does, he's a phenomenal player who's developed into something very special. How did that feel to hear from the person who recruited you, the only person that seemed to believe in you, you know, when nobody else did, to now go from – believing in you to saying that i mean as soon as you said that i was in the, um, i went to the outdoor court and started working out so i mean uh i kind of laughed it off uh to be honest i kind of expected it but i mean i just i just felt like i did what i had to do at westchester i mean i wasn't really into got, coming from australia to america my goal wasn't to be the greatest PSAC player of all time because i definitely would have been that if i would have stayed all four years and uh, I, th I think when he played, I, I obviously broke all his single season records. So maybe the competitive nature of him came out. I mean, I love that in people, but uh, I thought it was kind of a low blow. But I mean, I've, I've heard worse by better, so I'm not really worried about it. Right. So what was when, you know, obviously you sit down and talk to your coaches when you. So what was that conversation like when you had it face to face? Like, yeah, I decided that, you know, I was going to leave. Uh, I never had that conversation with him. Um, I just put my name in the transfer portal uh, the day, the morning after we uh, lost to East Strasbourg. But um, yeah, right, right. So, um, so like when obviously they saw you put the name into the transfer portal. So, yeah. kind of, how does your relationship with the coaching staff change once you put your name into the portal? Um. I feel like they knew it was coming because they were talking about it during the season. I wasn't really focused on entering the transfer portal during the season, but um, they were talking, they were saying, or oh, people are telling me that you're entering the transfer portal. But in all honesty, I wasn't thinking about that. I just was thinking about winning because we kind of were picking up speed. And uh, I just wanted to win that PSAC championship because I know, I don't think Westchester's won one. Uh, so, I mean, I don't think the relationship changed, but obviously it changed because I left. But I just feel like um, I always 
wrapped Westchester to the fullest, even after the, um, even after I entered my name in the transfer portal, all I spoke highly was about, I uh, spoke really highly of Westchester because obviously that was the only school that believed in me. And I mean, Coach Perrin, uh, Coach Watts treated me well. Uh, they let me play my game in high school. I, uh, I didn't really pull up from where I was pulling up in uh, college, even though I felt like I was able to do that. So they let me actually play my game and like make, make me, they let me play through my mistakes, which I really appreciate. So, I mean, it's all love there. I'll, I'll always consider myself a golden ram. So. So obviously you go through the portal, you pick Pepperdine. So can you tell me a little bit about like why you obviously said they were the most consistent throughout the process? Like, was there anything else that kind of made it, made it feel like, Oh yeah, Pepperdine, this is the, this definitely the one for me. So I was like sitting in my car, I was leaving my girlfriend's house and then I got a phone call. So I picked it up and he's like, and I uh, heard, hello, this is Lorenzo Roma from, you know, Pepperdine. I was like, Lorenzo Roma? Like his coach, like Brandon Roy, Markel Fultz, Nate Robinson, like all great guards that's been in the NBA. And um, it was awesome talking to him. I just felt like a, the conversation wasn't forced. We were just like just talking about basketball, about life. And I just felt like I just got a really good vibe off it. We talked for almost like two hours. And... Uh, I felt like, I, I've, like I said, I've known him for a long time and I just felt like I was talking to my dad or something like that. So right off the gate, it was really cool talking to him. And obviously after the phone, the phone calls uh, following that, it only got better. So I, I thought Pepperdine was a, a great place for me to go. Right. So Because especially, cause especially during these times where I couldn't visit campuses, so it was yeah. all about over-the-phone relationships and – me and Lorenzo Romo definitely had the best um, conversations. Yeah, so you mentioned kind of the times. I, I meant to ask you, like, you know, how's your quarantine going? And, like, um, obviously, how how can you still get your work in, you know, knowing that, like, you have limited access to – well, obviously not now since you know you're on campus, but before when you were home and we were on lockdown, like, kind of tell me about that and how you were able to still get your work in. Yeah, so – um, I've always played. I've always played on outdoor courts. So, I mean, I went to a local outdoor court. Thankfully, that uh, the rims weren't taken down. It was a little half court, and uh, I was just shooting there. I was doing dribble drills out the front of my house. I was obviously going for runs, jumping rope. But um, I mean, it was a it was a challenge. But like, it was cool. Like writing down workouts before you do them. Like what uh, what equipment can I use at the house? Stuff like that. So always. I always was working out and coming here, I actually have less access, to be honest. I mean, uh, our conditioning coach gave us two 30-pound dumbbells and some uh, resistance bands and stuff like that, but we're not allowed in the gym. Uh, I don't think we can work out for another couple of weeks together. Um, So, I mean, it's for... It's obviously back in... Because I had to quarantine for a couple of days until I got my results back obviously negative because I've been outside and stuff like that. But I mean, it's a beautiful campus, but there's been, there's a couple outdoor courts we can shoot at, but we can't go in the gym yet. So obviously another challenge and other workouts to write down and stuff like that. So still, you guys still keep in touch. I'm guessing via zoom, everything like that. Yeah. 
yeah, so before I came here, we had three Zoom sessions a week. Uh, on Mondays, we'd have a special guest speaker. And the first special guest speaker we had was the Detroit Piston great Isaiah Thomas. And I literally went, you know what I mean? Like, that's crazy. We had Warren Moon, who was a great quarterback for the Houston Oilers. Uh, we had Doug Christie, who's probably the best player to come out of Pepperdine in recent memory. Um, we had some great, really, really great guests. And, um, I mean, it's all about a learning experience. And uh, I made sure I asked a question to every single one of our guests just to, you know, because you might not never get that uh, opportunity again. For sure. So it was really cool. Yeah. So tell me kind of about like, all right, so first you started off in seasonal-ass, temperamental-ass Pennsylvania, and then you kind of get to go all the way out to the West Coast and Cali, obviously. So kind of tell me about life in Cali compared yeah. to life in PA. Yeah, so I've been here a couple of days. Uh, this is, was actually my first day off campus. Um, I just went to the beach earlier, and then I did, like I said uh, to you, um, and uh, I mean, it's just all palm trees and great weather. I mean, that's I've always wanted to play basketball on the West Coast, and uh, it's really great. I mean, getting off of the airport, uh, Coach Romar picked me up. I'm really thankful that that was really cool. Um, he was telling me, Oh, USC's 20 minutes that way, uh, UCLA's 10 minutes that way, LMU's right there, the Staples Center's down there. Oh, yeah, we're driving past uh, Santa Monica. Uh, have you ever heard of Nobu? That's where Drake eats at. I'm yeah. Like, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, I'm like, Christ, all palm trees, nice weather. I mean, it doesn't get any better than that. So uh, it's awesome. Uh, you know, PA's PA, you know, grimy, but that's how you like it. You know what I mean? That's Yeah, that's for sure. Kind of like it's, it's definitely not for everybody, though. Not for everyone, you know what I mean? It's cold weather, but, I mean, I feel like it's the second home for me, so I'm always going to yeah, appreciate sure. Philadelphia. Yeah, so – Tell me about kind of like, you know, obviously great basketball player, you know, student athlete, all that. But can you tell me about, you know, your outside interests, like what you do outside of basketball and outside of the classroom? Um, I like to – I mean, if I'm not playing basketball, I'm probably like watching YouTube or something. Like I'm a yeah. really big – like I'm into YouTube, you know what I mean? I, I thought like maybe I should make a YouTube channel or something. I don't know, but – I may do that, but one of my teammates are already doing, so I don't want to copy him. But I'm really into watching YouTube, right. and just hanging with my friends, stuff like that. But so obviously, I just I don't really do much. You know what I mean? I just chill. Uh, I watch I, I watch basketball, but I mean I'm really a chill dude. Like I could sit in the house all day. You know, like I, I'm not really into. You know, well I have to be now because it's Cali. You can't just sit in the house in Cali. But I'm just a really chill dude. Like real sarcastic dude can talk to anyone yeah love love a conversation so i mean that's the type of dude i am yeah bro so um what are your goals for after you done with school you planning on going pro yeah so that was the that was my number one goal coming from you know that's the main reason i came from uh australia you know i've always said to my family i never want to work a nine to five like seeing my mom get up early in the morning seeing my dad get up early like like, I want to – I don't want to do that, you know what I mean? Like, I never want to work nine to five. So, obviously, playing professional basketball is the goal. And if I keep working hard and, and keep making plays, I think that uh, it's going to happen. Definitely. So, um, you know, we 
we are in uncertain times, but so we we really don't know if you know you'll get to play a season right away. You know what I'm saying? Even me, I'm still hearing from my coaches that a spring season for football, not really. It, it might happen. Everyone knows. You know yeah, mean? nobody knows. But you know, once you know everybody's able to you know kind of get back to their sport, you know, and when you get back onto the court, what do you what are you expecting your role to be with your new team? Um, they, they, well, first I want to say, like, we're never going to get this much time again. So, I mean, I think we should all improve in something. Like, it might not be a sport, but, like, you know, uh, whatever your interests are, um, I, I feel like you can get stronger in one aspect in your life, you know what I mean? So, we'll never get this much free time again. But saying that, uh, I think they, I think Pepperdine brought me in to be a scorer be a leader so they really like the way I, I score the basketball and um, I feel like uh, they think I can obviously contribute to a winning culture here and uh, uh, watching a couple games from last year like we were very close to beating like Arizona, Gonzaga, USC, teams like that so we run on that brink so I feel like uh, with the players coming in and with me coming in we can you know cross that line. Yeah for sure so kind of Tell me about like some advice you would have for, you know, people who were in your position, like, and they're coming up and they feel like, you know, they might be overlooked, you know, you know, they feel like, damn, I'm a, I'm a D1 player. You know, I can play at the next level. Like why, why nobody looking at me? Tell me like the kind of advice you have for them. Well, it's very cliche, but always be the hardest worker in the room. Like I know I outwork people to get where I am today. Like I could, could have easily, being knocked down so many times and not getting the right recognition after like good games that I thought I played good in high school and stuff like that. Um, you know, never and never be satisfied. You know what I mean? Just never listen to people who don't work as hard as you, you know what I mean? Because they're in the position they are because they didn't want to put the extra work in. You have to always be willing to put the extra work in and perform on a big stage. And then when you get that opportunity, you know, thrive, go for it. And um, and never never minimize your goals for other people. Like maybe if I would have said that out loud to people, I want to be an All American, I want to be Player of the Year as a freshman, stuff like that. They're like, all right, all right, Robbie, all right. Like if, uh, like stuff like that. Like you can't you can't listen to negative thoughts. You know what I mean? You just have to have that positivity and belief in yourself, and then you know you'll get the job done. For sure. So, you know, I got a, got a couple of fun questions for you. Like, so you said, you know, you watch basketball, obviously. So how do you feel about the NBA bubble? You know, you've been watching the games. Yeah. I mean, the NBA bubble was a, was a great creation. I mean, Adam Silver is like the best commissioner for having zero cases. And, you know, really, um, it's, it feels like it's, I, I thought it was going to be a huge, a huge difference between like actual NBA games with fans. But I mean, yeah. the NBA has done a great job. So I love the bubble, especially with, uh, with all the competitive players in the NBA and all the talent they have. I mean, it's must watch TV. Right. It's, it's definitely crazy to me to see how like, you know, people you might not expect to step up have stepped up. Um, like I didn't expect the Suns to go 8-0 and and oh, no. to go crazy. <laughs> No, I didn't expect TJ Warren of all people yeah. to to be dropping fifty balls because you know 
I'm a big fan of Victor Oladipo, so I I was expecting the Pacers to kind of be his team, but you know, TJ kind of went crazy. So that being said, tell me your top five NBA players right now. Right now, like no injuries or like right now? No injuries. Okay. So uh, Steph's my man, Steph. So you go Steph, LeBron, KD. Steph, LeBron, KD. Actually, I'm gonna do. I can't. I'm gonna do injuries like just right now. So okay. I'm, right. I'm not gonna put Steph in there because he hasn't really done much this year because injuries. So I'm gonna put Dame. I'm gonna put LeBron. I'm gonna put Giannis. I'm gonna put James Harden. And I gotta put Kawhi. That's solid. That's a solid top five. Who's who's your goat? My greatest of all time. I mean, I never watched Michael Jordan play. I mean, I watched The Last Dance and stuff, so i got to go Braun. Thank you. Yeah. See, that's <laughs> all I needed to know. I, yeah. I, see, I know you hoop, but I had to make sure you had a, a solid basketball IQ. Because, you know, <laughs> real, real basketball IQ people know that it's Braun, <laughs> obviously. I mean, but, yeah. um, obviously, you know, you grew up in Australia. So, like, do you have any, like, Australian basketball influences? Cause you know yeah, you got uh, you got Ben out here doing this thing, Dante yeah. Exum, Bogut. So, yes, uh, I I just uh, finished texting Dante. He's out. He's in Cleveland right now, but he's coming out to Cali uh, soon. So we're gonna hopefully work out together and link up. But yeah, Dante Exum's probably like he's a real big influence on me. Um, obviously Ben, um, Dangadel, who's in the G League. He went to Louisville. But uh, it's great seeing, like, Aussie players come in, like Paddy Mills. Um, they're, I, like, one of my goals is playing for the Australian national team. So seeing Australian basketball players really play well in the NBA is great for the Australian you know, Australian basketball and great for the yeah, basketball in general. So I'm just glad they're putting Australia on the map and hopefully I can join them one day. Right, bro. You definitely will, you know, keep working, keep grinding, obviously. Um, I definitely believe in you. You know what I mean? And I just wanted to say thank you for taking the time out. You know, obviously, you and Cali is beautiful. You could be out on the beach surfing, whatever. But mm-hmm. um, thanks for, you know, taking the time to sit down, do this interview with me. I really appreciate it. You kind of, you helping me get my, my little situation off the ground, you know. I'd gladly talk about myself all day. So it's so <laughs> <all> good. Yeah, <laughs> I appreciate it. Thanks, man. Um, so that was the second installment of the one-on-one series. We will see you next time. Peace. Thank you.